podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. So excited you decided to join us. Uh, before we jump in today, um, I want to make sure I give a shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, they were Their customer service is, and again, this is from a Midwestern boy, their customer service is second to none. Whenever I've had any problems with with one of my three machines, they've always been able to help us. So go over and check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, Teach Hoops, uh, any of our podcasts, Coach Collins, and they'll give you $400 off. You won't find a better discount out there. They will take really good care of you. And make sure you tell them I sent you. And then also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. Um, we are the only ones out there that offer 14-day free trial because we believe in our product so much that we want you to come and kick the tires. We want you to take it for a test drive. Nowhere else are you going to find a high school coach who's also coaching. Um, <laughs> giving, I just got off a, a phone call with a teachhoops.com member. So who else has my cell phone number and, and, and calls me and talks to me about things that he has uh, questions on with his team? Where else are you going to find that on the web? Go over and check it out. Um, like I've said before, it helps us keep the lights on in these podcasts and our YouTube and everything else free. So go over and check it out. And oh. One more thing I forgot. I was going to say, let's head off. Uh, go leave a review. We love those reviews. We read every one of them. Go leave those five-star reviews. Um, and let's head off to the podcast. Bye. So, Coach, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. I'm going to have you um, kind of – it's Dolan, right? Dolan? Yep. Yep. Um, so, that's an easy one to pronounce. So, I'm going to have Coach kind of uh, introduce himself, kind of give – what I tell people is kind of give a synopsis of your basketball journey to the listeners. So – kind of how you got into this, where you started. Um, and I'll, I'll jump in as we kind of talk, um, but just kind of your basketball history. And then we'll, uh, we'll dive into a couple topics that you and I have already talked about. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So it's all sounds, yours, Coach. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, my name is Jimmy Dolan. I'm the girls varsity basketball coach at Weymouth High School, which is about 15 minutes south of Boston. We're a Division One school with about eighteen hundred kids. Is is Division One the? Um, I've been teaching phys ed there for twenty years. I was the boys coach there for twelve years. I left for a year to coach my sons at a small private school, but actually it turned out to be a couple of years. Okay. And then uh, the girls' job opened up. Um, you know, pretty hesitant to be honest at first, and a couple of girls that I had in class kind of encouraged me to go for it and I'm, I'm glad I did. Uh, I also coach baseball at a, a, a school uh, nearby, Archbishop Williams. Married, three kids, you know, living the dream, teaching and coaching. Okay, so let's dive into a couple of those things. First of all, um, you, um, you uh, coached your son. So how was that? What I did before I kind of got into it is I reached out to certain coaches that had done it and it was interesting because you get stories all over the place. Some, you some, do. People, some people think it was the best thing they ever did. And, and others, you know, said it was really tough. Um, in particular, Coach McDermott at Creighton was really cool. I just sent him an email and he really took some time and, and uh, got back to me and, and gave me some advice. And uh, Coach Wolf, who was at BU and then the Virginia Tech women, um, 
you know, they gave me some advice and uh, the best advice that I've ever got is a, a local coach, um, Matt Poirier from Situate uh, up our way. His kid's a really good player. And uh, he said, you know, in, in the gym, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your coach and everywhere else I'm your dad and it'll work itself out if you kind of keep those boundaries set. And, uh, you know, my oldest son, I I coached him for two years in varsity and my middle son was, um, was called up. So I got to coach them together for a year, but I've been their baseball coach also. So it's, um, you know, I had somebody tell me this too. It's like, because when he's a freshman, I was driving him everywhere. And, and the rule was, until we got home, yeah. I was coach. And then about halfway through his freshman year, he goes, Dad, can we do it when we leave the school building? You yeah. hear the earful from school until we get home, which is about 10 minutes. I go, Drew, we can do whatever you want, whatever makes it feel. Because um, my son's a senior this year. He just graduated. So I tell people, don't – I mean, I think him and I are closer than we would have ever been. I mean – Yeah, I agree. We just spent – I, I mean, I would, I, would, I would question any – up to this whole quarantine thing – I had him in class. I coached him in two varsity sports. I he TA'd for me. I mean, him and I spent more time together than probably a dad and a son should at this age. Um, but I think I know my wife feels this way. Our our relationship is really strong because of that. Um, I, I, I coach, I just definitely agree. Um, I had a really really cool experience where my oldest son James, his senior year, we won the state title in baseball. Right, and he was the shortstop. And my middle son was the second baseman. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was the player of the year in the state of Massachusetts. And uh, it was just – it was like a fairy tale. And that was that was really cool. And, unfortunately, what we're dealing with now with my middle son is that his senior year just got canceled. In How do you year. deal with that? How are you dealing with that? That's got to be a difficult world. So, we got – you know, with our baseball guys, we got a Zoom uh, tomorrow. It just happened on uh, Monday. and. Uh, you know, kids that have lived it their whole lives. I mean, it's, you know, we got a bunch of kids going on to play in college. We're lucky, but several kids, it this just, it. it's over, you know, it's over. I know. I mean, there'll always be the COVID kids. I'm telling you, I, I actually feel worse. Here's the people I feel bad for. I feel bad for those kids that are like seen that are seniors in high school this year that don't get to do their spring sport. Cause yeah. most of the basketball got to get right. finished. And I also feel bad for the senior collegiate athletes, especially the D3s and those kind of places. They're done. Like, if you were playing baseball yeah. at a D3 school, you're done. Like, so my, like, my yeah. son plays uh, baseball at the College of St. Rose in Albany, Division II. Right. And, uh, you know, they say, oh, you can come back for a fifth year, but – those kids aren't on full scholarship. Right, so, right. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how you could do it. And while well, Wisconsin basically said it's been nice, like UW-Wisconsin, yeah. Big Ten school, they said, oh, it was it, night, have, a nice, have a nice life is basically well, what they told them. Like, What's really interesting is my middle son just signed with St. Rose as well, and it's almost like these two classes have merged, and it's going to be interesting to see what fifth-year kids come back, and at the, especially at the D3 and 2 level. Right. Um, I don't know how people could afford it, to be honest with you. Right, and I don't know if they're going to – and, and well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not convinced there's going to be fall sports. I'm questioning winter sports. I'm, I think baseball next year might – those springs might be our first wave, I think, that we may actually get back. 
Yeah, we're in a tough spot for sure. We are, and I feel I feel so bad for him. Um, so, uh, FIED teacher. So, is there a correlation between being a FIED teacher and being a coach? Uh, it, you know what? It it doesn't have to happen, but it seems like most of the, um, you know, most of your phys ed teachers coach something, and um, it's interesting because now we're dealing with remote learning, and we're basically I have like my course load this this semester is I have 209 kids and we're basically sending them emails giving them activities to do and it's almost like they replied did you do it I didn't do it I did it blah 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 right um you know it's a it's a really weird time and and nobody could prepare for this uh so as a as a teacher coach we're we're just kind of here's what here's what I've told everybody this I've told everybody's got worked up no one in the entire world of the 8 billion people could predict. I mean, people were predicting, but for the most part, no one was predicting what was going to happen. So everybody gets a pass on this, like what's happening right now in schools, what's happening in the world. I give everybody a pass, but come next fall, that's the problem is what are we going to do with schools? We're going to do with teams. We're going to do all Someone's going to have to be thinking over the next five, nine, five months because what this system won't work with the entire United States, I don't think. Um, but it will be interesting. It will be very intriguing. Um, sure. So let's talk, about, let's talk about one of the topics that you, you brought up with me about building a program. What do, you think that, what do you think one of the keys to that is? You know what's interesting is I think, um, you know, I've been doing so many uh, online clinics the last six weeks or so. And you hear so much information, all these buzzwords. It's, and I think, well, you know, all those clinics, it's almost, I stopped. It was too yeah. much noise for me. Like, like it's, that's why I started, to, that's why I sent out something about doing practice plans and building a program. Because I wanted to narrow a couple yeah. topics to think about. And then I'll go do something else. That's what I think for young coaches that listen to this is find something, find a book, find something, focus yeah. on good at it, and then go do the next thing. Because the, the, the great Clint, people are doing unbelievably great things for coaches right now, but it's almost too much. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a, there's certainly been a lot. Um, I actually, I, one today I really enjoyed was, uh, Ryan Saunders of the, the T wolves. Okay. Um, he did some really good stuff, but what did he, what did the, he talk about? He, he did talk about culture and program building, but also did some of their five on O offense, which was interesting. Okay. But, but I really liked it. Um, and one of the things he said, and it's kind of been the consistent thing in terms of building a program, is I think you have to connect with your kids and have relationships first. And then, you know, you can worry about uh, what systems you're going to you're play and, and whatnot. And all, and all that is important as well. But I think once you, once you connect, and um, I find that being in the school system and having the kids in class, it, it certainly helps. Um, but one of the things – you know, Mr. Dolan and Coach Dolan are kind of two different people sometimes. And, you know, uh, that afternoon practice session, I might I might have a little different um, tone. Tone, exactly. <laughs> well, well said. But, yeah, I just uh, – I really enjoyed this year. Um, like I said, I went to the girls' side for the first time in my career after, like, 25 years on the boys' side. And – I enjoyed it. It was really, really cool. Um, you know, from the process of interviewing, I hadn't interviewed for a job in a while and some, some self reflection and self evaluation. What, what did I do in other places that worked? What didn't work? 
and then coming up with a kind of a three-year action plan and then the first kind of preseason, what was I going to do to get ready, building a staff. Um, and, you know, that was interesting because you you want people that are kind of on the same page as you. And, you know, sometimes when you're trying to fill a freshman position or a junior varsity position, it, you know, there's not a ton of people going for those jobs. But I lucked out. I had a great staff this year. We had excellent support from the administrators, from the principal, the athletic director, and uh, good senior class. Only three three girls in our senior class. They bought in. What's good is now you get ten kids back, and you know we were really looking forward to seeing some progress in the summer and the fall. And I don't, I I don't know. know what's going to happen. The uh, the best thing about sophomores is they become juniors. I'm telling yeah. you, like you know. True. <laughs> uh, so a couple questions as I'm taking notes here. So don't if sure. I'm not if I'm not looking right at you, I'm usually taking notes. Um, you talked about relationships. I 100% agree. I think literally relationships are the most important thing. And that's what I'm missing right now with my guys um, is this is the time of year. I'm usually building the relationships with them. Um, it's a lot harder during the heat of the battle than it is in the off season. Um, would you coach a couple questions? Would you coach in a school that you were not teaching in? So I do that at Archbishop Williams where I'm the baseball coach. Okay. And, and I did coach basketball there for two seasons. Okay. Um, what were the challenges with that? So I think when you're in the building, you find out everything. And <laughs> <laughs> I tell people, I tell people all it is, is you're putting out brush fires before that they is, become blazes. You that know, that's is, what you're doing. Yeah. That is correct. And, <laughs> um, but you, you, you know, you're, you're in tune and you're in your, you know, with, with the kids on a daily basis, the, the hard part I think sometimes is, you know, when you're not in the building is you don't find out things right away. Uh, we were lucky. We had really good kids. And again, I think if you build, you build the right program, you have the right structure and you have the relationships, those things kind of work itself out. But I do, uh, for those of that, those coaches out there that are thinking about it or have done it, I would say it is, especially at the high school level, it's an advantage. To be I, 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 think, I think it's, I think it's, I think you can do it both ways. And I think you can do it without being a teacher. I do. I, I mean, I've told coaches that I just, it's just, you have to, it's harder. It's yeah. just like, it's easier that I'm in the school and I see all the boys. And I've said this a million times. I always have food in my room because food attracts boys. Um, <laughs> So, so they come to me because I have food. Um, but anyway, they, that's, that's part of, that's part of the issue. Um, how do you think we can, how do you think we can connect with our athletes now in this new norm? Like that's one of the things I'm struggling with. I've got some ideas, but how do you think we connect with them in this new norm? Well, you're right. I think at this stage there are ideas and we're going to see if, if they work. Right. Um, you know, where we just finished our season, we did get through our whole season. You know, whether we use the Remind app, which you know is it's texting the kids where they don't have your number and whatnot. My uh, my niece works there. She just graduated from Middlebury. She got a job at Remind. She's oh, living, cool. She's living in California. It's very cool. She goes. I talked to her. When did I talk to her? Like three days ago. And I said, "How busy are you?" Goes. She goes. You can't believe oh, what's yeah. happened in the last four weeks, Steve. I go. What do you mean? She goes. Well, if if like one is our normal like traffic, we're at like 27. Oh yeah. She goes, it's unbelievable. And she goes, I, I got to get up at like 5 a.m. 
uh, where she is in California because that's when the kids in the East Coast are waking up because oh, yeah. it's insane. It's like, oh, wow. I never even thought about that. But, but um, that, it's a great that's app. A, yeah, it's certainly a good tool. And uh, one of the things um, that we've been trying to do to keep the kids just – I like even my own kids in the house, you worry about their, you know, the, the, you keep talking about social, emotional learning and all these buzzwords, but it's true. These kids, are, they miss their friends. They miss their schools. They miss their teams. And it's hard right now. So we do have, as coaches, we have to find ways to connect. And um, obviously, you know, these Zoom calls and Google Hangouts and whatnot uh, are definitely, I don't think they'll ever replace being in the gym with your kids. No. You know, um, you know, we, like we sent out, um, you know, a daily wildcat workout And you know, if you have it, if you can do it in your driveway, things you can do with the basketball or two balls in your driveway or out in the street. And we don't know if, the, if that's happening or not, you know, but I think you just want to feel connected, get them responding to you, you know, and, and stay engaged in this tough time because it really is uncharted territory. I mean, it's been a hundred years. Yeah. The, the history people know it's like, then yeah. Um, and though when my concern is I'm, I'm a stats teacher. So my, my concern for anybody that's listening to this is there will be a second wave. It just depends on how bad the wave is and how prepared we are for the wave. Sure. Um, just like it's going to be similar to playing that opponent during the regular season. The second time <laughs> you better be ready. Cause they're going to be more ready than you are. You better over prepare. Um, let's talk about your action plan. So what went into this? Um, I know you sent me a copy of it. I can I can share it with people. But um, talk about that action plan because I think that's really important. I think people that are looking for new jobs or interviewing or building a program, you better have a plan. Like it's a, it's it's no different than starting a small business. You better have a business plan. It might be on a napkin, but you better have something. Um, so let's talk about that. Well, I was lucky in in a way where in the interview process that was sort of a, um, a task that they asked us to do. And what was good is that, you know, like you said, I think we all have ideas and we all, you know, before you, you run your own program, you have all these ideas and you got to kind of focus on what you're, you're going to hang your hat on and what you're, you're really going to do. And we, you know, what I did is I sort of broke it into, you know, I got the job in October. We start the first Monday after Thanksgiving. In Massachusetts, we're only allowed to coach our kids during the months of play. That's us too. Yep. Okay. I yep. mean, I all, you know, I've been talking to these coaches all over the country, and they're shoot. Some know, of them, some of them, like text. They have like a they have like a gym class where they yeah. actually like yeah. Oh, trust me, we yeah. You're Massachusetts. You're more like we are. We can only have contact. Like I can't send my guys workouts right now. Like I can't so, legally do that. Like exactly. yeah. so, it's really. Um, there's been a lot more push lately, and I think it is more for connection purposes. You know, I if we could – I look at it this way. If we could coach our kids every day, I, I wouldn't do that. No. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I love kids that play three sports. I want – I know for our school, multi-sport athletes is a great thing. Um, it is the best thing. For, for it is it, – No doubt. Trust me, you, you want a competitor. Like yeah. Michael Jordan was a baseball player. He loved baseball. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, coach. Baseball, you know, it's like, it's okay. Uh, but to, just to get back to the action yeah. plan real quick, 
the way we broke it down was what we were going to do preseason, what we were going to do in season, and you know, a lot of these things were kind of things that people may already do. Yeah, hold on. You broke up. You broke up after coach. You broke. You broke up after season. So preseason. Pre, we had our preseason. Yep. Um, our in season. Yep. And then, and then basically your off season, and off then it got you back to the next preseason. Okay. And does your preseason, what's the summer can so basically from the end of the season, like in March. When does that starts off season? When does preseason start for you then? So our preseason is kind of more like the fall. Fall, and, okay. you know. Obviously, you can have kids playing fall sports, right? And then there's that window though, where like in Massachusetts, like we could have an intramural program where the gym is open after school, boys, girls, grades nine through twelve. It's got to be open to everybody, right? And you're not coaching your kids. You're not over in the corner running sets. Right. <laughs> it's just a good, healthy spot where they can get going. And um, Maybe kids, yeah. Well, it's important. I think that, you know, we don't do enough uh, – there's not enough pickup play anymore, no. No. you know. And, um, you know, so that was, was one of the big things. We kind of brought that back. Okay. The, um, the boys coach at Weymouth is – he was my assistant for 10 years, so – you know, that was a really good thing to have a nice relationship with him in right, terms of right. working on, um, you know, the, the gym schedule, your, your scrimmage schedule, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, we just, uh, we, we kind of stuck to, to the plan and, you know, what, what's interesting is I t took over a program that, you know, it, it struggled in terms of wins and losses, but we got really good kids, people working hard and, you know, it's, it's funny. You don't want to, it's not about changing culture. It's about putting in your culture and what you want your program to be like, Yep. you know, yeah. it, 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 it's not that something was wrong before or whatever. It's just, you want to be, you want to be connected with your kids and you want them to be accountable for what, you know, you want them to be accountable for. And there's and, all sorts oh. of, there's, there's multiple ways of having a winning program. There's multiple ways. The key is to find what is the consistent thing that all the winning ones have. And I think I personally think they all have like expectations. They have a sense of community. They have absolutely. I think those underlying things are consistent to a team in Wyoming, to a team in Hawaii or Massachusetts. They all have those things. Now, how you run your preseason, how I run my preseason, how you run your offense, all those the little, those things can change. I think it's that undertow that is for most programs, make them successful. What, uh, were there other interview tasks that they made you do? Um, I'm trying to think back. Uh, it was, it was a really interesting process because I'm interviewing for a position in a school that I've worked at for 20 years. And, um, I had been the boys coach pretty successfully for a 12 year span. Right. So everyone knows me as coach anyways. And I walked right. in, it's a little, it was a little, you know, different, but what I, what I did like was there was a process and, right. you know, if, if you, I prepared for it, like I had never met anybody and, you know, did every, everything I would have, if it had been at a different school. And I feel like the, the interview process was, was really good to go through. And I think for young coaches, I think preparing for that is really important if they, you know, if they haven't done it. 
Yes. And, and the thing is, if you're thinking you want to be a head coach in a couple of years, you should start working on your action plan. You should start working on what you want your program to look like. You should start working on those things now. I mean, mine took a couple of years. I know when I was an assistant, I was working on what I thought it should look like. Um, yeah, I think those are all really important things. Um, do you have a coaching philosophy? My philosophy is that if I, we, we kind of say we use this term, the yearbook closes. So I'm going to use basketball as a tool to make these kids better, better people, better, better contributing members of society. Now, a lot of times when I say that, I think people think it's soft and that I don't want to, I mean, I want them to be great people, but you bet when we get, you know, when the ball goes up, we're going to compete. Right. I think that that's what you have to do. I think the philosophy would be, you know, to play fair, to hold kids accountable. At the end of the day, I mean, to be able to accept the fact win, winning or losing, you know, we're going to move forward. And, um, you know, I think it's really unfortunate that not enough kids see we, we're, we don't have, um, for a big school, like I only had to cut maybe a handful of girls last year. And on the boys side, they have a lot more kids try out. I, I just think, I think school sports should be an extension of the classroom, you know, and we don't, we don't get huge numbers. I mean, I'm hoping. Why, why do you think, well, first of all, like our program too. And so for our girls side, why do you think girls participation is going down? I mean, it is nationwide. Yeah. Um, why do you think that is? You know, it's weird. I think um, there's, there's so many things for kids to do. And it's not just whether they were going to choose basketball over hockey or, or cross country or whatever. There's also, I mean, we have so many kids that are working we have so many kids that, um, you know, whether it's their their family situation. Yeah, doesn't but don't you think you have that play. on the boys' side too, though? Well, I think I think the boys. It, what's interesting is if I could. One of the differences I found is a lot of the boys are not as good as they probably think they are, and Ooh. a lot of you know, and a lot of the girls are better than they actually think they are. And that well, was a big. I, I think there's a couple things, especially at the younger ages. There's a little bit more street cred for a boy to be. A basketball player than there is a girl absolutely that's the first thing and the second thing is i think i think the boys have such elevated thoughts of what they are that they just keep playing i think girls think if they're not they first of all they underestimate how good they are and then yeah. if anyone tells them they're not they're done they're gonna go do something else well we had we had a local <laughs> program here that um Braintree high school which had a great girls program they won several state titles in a row and they didn't have a freshman team because I think that when girls, they said, well, I'm not good enough, so I'm not going to try out. And right. we at least got to the point this year where we had, you know, we want people to be involved. And we, we you know, we did have to make some cuts. So we had a full program and we're hopeful it, that'll yeah. be the trend and it'll move forward. It is, it is, it is the reason I haven't left high school. It is what makes interscholastics high school sports the best is it is an extension of my classroom. It's like yeah. why I'm missing my athletes i'm missing my students no question it's like i mean i don't stop being a teacher when i leave my stats room or my math room it's the same thing it's just it's it's different um sometimes i have their attention more than when i'm teaching you know <laughs> actually statistics has been good the last couple months because it's been a lot of good stats but um yeah. yeah so that that aspect um let's dive into uh let's talk about practice planning how 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 and how do you practice plan how do you do that? So I try to do a week 
a week or so out. Okay. Every day, you know, when the when my staff comes in, I've already got the my, my plan set up. I guess it would be compartmentalized where we try to do um see I, I spent a lot of time this year on skill work during practice, which okay. um one of the things I've kind of been going over during this this uh, six week hiatus here. Right. Is what's the the right amount of skill work as opposed to team stuff? Um, and then if you, you answer that, coach, you'll be really rich. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, know if there's a perfect formula to the amount of um, who was I talking to? I was talking to a college coach yesterday, and it's like, and him and I were just laughing it up because neither one of us think we get enough shots up during practice. So know? it's it's funny. <laughs> I've been talking to a bunch of people, and and one of the things. I've always done a lot of skill work, I think, during practice, but I don't know if enough is enough or, you know, and um, this guy up here, Corey McClure, who was the coach at New Mission, does a great job, won a bunch of state titles. He actually, he told me he does um, basically like summer, summer camp drill stations every day in practice. He does, you know, um, passing station, uh, dribble moves, you know, jump shots, defensive right. side, the whole thing. And he said he would never go back to doing it another way. And he was super successful. And, and quite honestly, um, I think my kids, where we're at, we need to keep, you know, skill development. Right. And, and there's other teams. There's other teams that will do 20 minutes of skill work and the other hour 20 will be all five on five and ball screens. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. So <laughs> it's funny. Um, <laughs> quick stories. So, um, we're getting ready to play in the Christmas tournament this year and, um, playing Quincy local team. And the kids are like, coach, you don't, we didn't get a scouting report. You don't have anything up on the board. And I just said, you know, for this week where we, we got to worry about us. And we really did. And, and, you know, we, sometimes you, you know, you're trying to evaluate improvement and the scoreboard doesn't always indicate that. Right. But what we did is we, in terms of our scouting, we added that as we went on this year. And what was really cool is we had two wins late in the year over teams that had beaten us by 25 plus the first time around. Okay. And what we did was, you know, we became just, like you said, you, you got to pick a few things you do and we got better at a few things. And then we worried a little bit more about our scouting reports and, and about their personnel and uh, the combination, like you said, I don't know what the magic formula is, but we found a little bit of, you know, we got better. And right. I guess that's all you're trying to do, regardless of where you can start and finish. We, we want to get better from day to day. And I, I think, uh, you know, to answer your question a long way, practice planning and, you know, game uh, planning, scouting reports, it's all part of that. It is. So, uh, so what would someone see if they came and watched your practice? Like what – what would be my perception if I was just a, a fly on the wall? Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like no matter where you listen. Apple, Spotify, we love those five-star reviews. Make sure you also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network.